professional or amateur athlete is injured, time to treatment is critical. That's why more tri-state schools and coaches trust the trainers and doctors of Beacon Orthopedics. In fact, more than 30 high schools, club, college, and pro teams choose Beacon Orthopedics as their official medical providers. On the sidelines and in the operating room, we get athletes back in the game safely and quickly with comprehensive sports medicine care. At Beacon Orthopedics, we care for the pros, student-athletes, and weekend warriors every day. Twenty degrees outside the WCPO studios, week 12 of the high school football season. This afternoon, we're talking high school basketball. And what better else, what better other coaching staff to talk to than the Moeller High School coaching staff here? Pleased to be joined by head coach Carl Kramer, longtime assistant Mike Susley, longtime assistant Fred Hesse. Guys, we're going to be talking uh, some hardwood uh previews here as we get going here, but I want to remind everybody this WCPO High School Insider Podcast is presented by our local Chick-fil-A restaurants, catering and Chick-fil-A's winning play of the game, perfect for your holiday parties. Order today in the app. As always, you can get this uh, High School Insider Podcast on Google Play, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Lots to talk about when it comes to high school basketball season. Obviously, the season officially doesn't open until the end of this month. But uh, pretty good timing on uh, on our part here at WCPO to have this podcast as Moeller is ranked number 23 nationally by USA Today in the Super 25 rankings that came out just today. And uh, Carl, I know your answer to this, but uh, what does that national ranking mean to you? In all honesty, we're proud of it. And, and it, it is, I think over the years, having a lot of great teams, Mike, it, it signifies that there is some national respect for what we do. So it's great. But yes, in terms of this year, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's really just part of the noise that you have to block out and you have to get to work on the process, right? And, and those are things you think about afterwards. So we're happy with it. I think Fred deals with it better than I do, Sus, sus also. But, uh, but, but our kids... We'll, we'll talk about it a little bit today and then put it behind us. Been trying to schedule this podcast for quite some time, and I appreciate all three of you guys being here. How were how you able to manage to get these guys uh, uh, to, to, to drag them down here to WCPO? You know, actually, they they understand how we how we do things. <laughs> I'm, told, I'm tired of doing all these interviews. And they, you know, our staff, as you know, Mike, is so unique. And, and this is just two of the guys. We really have another dozen plus people that really you know we we do it as a team it's really a collective effort so i was able to convince them come down here and do this interview with me and and let's have some fun with it fred you've been part of molar basketball for 15 years now uh obviously you coached at baden i mean you you know what molar basketball is all about i mean what does this program represented to you personally as a coach and also just in your in your in your life as well um the the thing about uh, when, when I came to Moeller, and, and I knew Carl and Mike and Danny before, and, and a lot of the other guys too, um, just really good people. And I, I, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to do anything that's not involved in, in with with good people. They're in it for the right reasons. I mean, obviously, you you want to win and, and and all that, but it's about more than that. It's it's about the kids. I mean, it's always about the kids, and. Uh, that's what I truly enjoy is being with the, the coaches and, and the young guys. That's what it's all about. 
And Mike, you have one more year than uh, the head man here. Uh, seniority. 31 years. What seniority does that mean counts, to you? right? Maybe. That's right. <laughs> 31. So it's been a uh, molar and molar basketball is a big part of the Susley family. Um, Kristen and Caitlin, my daughters, one's 28, one's 26. They were like the water girls in uh, third, fourth, fifth grade with Carl's kids, Joe and Jackie. Um, it, it's it's been a big part of our family, big big part. Uh, now it's got to the point where um, at the Christmas uh, when all the family gets together, and that's my wife's part of a ten ten in, on her side. So uh, and then the big question comes down. So what hotel should we stay at in Columbus in March? So it's got to that <laughs> point now. So I'm like, just tap the brakes. <laughs> yeah. Have some more uh, pie. That's a, that's a good point because I think. You know, it, it kind of goes back to the fact that you know people see the the obviously twenty nine and zero record a year ago, Carl, and they just think you roll out the ball. You have talented players that come through this program. You replenish it every year. Whether Jackson Hayes and Jeremiah Davenport have graduated, okay, lo and behold, you still have Miles McBride. You have Logan Duncombe. You have Max Land. I mean, the names go on and on every year, and they continue to do so this year. Nothing could be further from the truth from that, though. I mean, take take me through maybe just from a calendar sense after the season um, and, and maybe getting into the spring and the summer, what exactly happens within your program and how you get ready for what you call a new journey and a new right. chapter every year. Right. You know, Mike, really, I, I think uh, th- there are a lot of things that, that make a basketball program successful, and talent is number one, and we certainly have had talent. Uh, I think second, you have to have a great culture. And a lot of us, I think, contribute toward a culture that makes that happen. The third thing is, and I think this is what you're getting to right here, you've got to have great player development. And in a big school, you can do that a little bit more because you have some athletes that are focusing in on that sport. Um, And player development at our place for forever has really been Mike Susley. And doesn't really get the credit that he deserves, but I really want to defer to him on answering that because he's the guy who really leads us through player development. And I, I think we do a pretty special job of that. How's, how's that changed, Mike? Because I mean, I, I mean, I'm curious. I mean, being 30 plus years, mm. uh, it's, what, what, tell me about that and that process, the, the, the development of players. I mean, we, obviously we know about positionless basketball and everything like that, but just just what you've seen in terms of skill levels over the years. So at Moeller, uh, skill is very important, and that's uh, a directive from Coach that, hey, we, we really have to work at getting our guys to the highest level they can get to at a skill level. So you have talented players at a high skill level. It's a pretty good equation. Um, so I, I, where, where it is today is you can have four players work out in the gym at, at one time, and um, and we maximize that to its fullest uh, potential. Um, and a lot of times it's 6.30 a.m. in the morning because we have one gym in, in the spring. That's, that's volleyball's gym. So there's very little, very uh, limited amount of gym time. So uh, we're, we're in the morning, you know, at, 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 at Moeller every day at 6.30 a.m. So great credit to, to our kids and, our, and, and families. Um, that's not easy. Um, but they're there. And they walk in at 6.30 and they're ready. And uh, so um, we go around to the different colleges. I've been doing, we've been doing that for a good number of years. And uh, we try to um, put in place what we feel are 
the very best uh, skill type of development that we see at the, at the colleges. Xavier, you see, you know, um, you know, all over the place. So we put that together and, and, and we put that into our package. Um, but, but it's really the kids' commitment to coming in and, and being totally committed and locked in. Um, so that's the important thing because the substance, the drill work is the drill work. And if you're not locked in, it doesn't matter what, what the drill is, but they're very, very locked in. And we've got a lot of people that uh, aren't on the staff, but help us that really know basketball and uh, can help us, um, you know, at that time in the morning. So we're, we're very grateful to uh, a lot of people that make, uh, make it work in skill development. And then to your question prior to that at Moore, uh, I know, um, when it wasn't four, four guys at one time, uh, we had Mike Sylvester uh, that was really big and helping us. Um, and then prior to that, when, you know, back when I was at Moore prior to coach, you know, there, there was no skill development. It was, you know, going down to Silverton Park and playing pretty much really at the park. Is that happening anymore? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't. So that's kind of how, how it's evolved. The other thing we put a lot into, Mike, is is the weight room. And, you know, today, and everybody, we're not unique, every basketball team list. We're, we're really fortunate. We have a guy named Ryan Ross who, who trains all the athletes at Muller. He's phenomenal. He is, and he connects with the kids and gets them to work in a way. And I, I to play in our league, you better be pretty strong physically. And, uh, and, and we, we've been very strong. And before that, actually, Todd Nauman trained our basketball players and did a phenomenal job doing it. And so, you know, it's a combination of skill. It's a combination of a lot of open gyms. It's a combination of the weight room. And it's a year-round. And my wife says basketball season never ends. And, you know, we have the 28 day in, in August, 28 days in April, and that's it. you got to work at it year-round for sure. Fred, as I'm hearing Mike talk, there are a couple of things that come to mind, but one of which, and I know Jackson Hayes has received a ton of attention, uh, especially this year, obviously, going in the NBA draft, being selected and, and playing now in the NBA. But as Coach Cecily was talking about skill development, Jackson just kept popping into my mind. And I know I've talked to you, had good conversations with you about his time um, at Moeller and being just that astonishing rim protector that he was can you just talk about his development what you saw as just an example i know not every kid's jackson hayes but certainly from as a freshman to when he left Muller. i mean when he came in as a freshman he was just this six one kid with really long arms and a high rear end and long legs uh and, and carl kind of said you know that that kid at, at some point is going to be a player and there were a lot of people that doubted that, but you, you could see him grow. But, you know, his family, I mean, he, you know, his dad was a, a coach and his mom coached. And one of my favorite stories was between his freshman and sophomore year, we're, we're in a reserve game, reserve game in, the, in the summer. And he leaves the floor and goes out the side door. And uh, Danny goes, you, you want to go see what's wrong with Jackson? So I walk out there out the door. Well, Mr. Hayes was out there. So I open up the door and I look and here's, here's what Mr. Hayes said. He goes, well, Jackson, stick your finger down your throat and throw up so that you can get back in there and play. So he, he understood about being kind of tough. And the kid just continued to grow. 
and get better and better and better and, and work at it a lot. Uh, what, I, what I think is interesting about what, what Mike does with skill, you know, here he comes in as a senior, and our guards are used to throwing bounce passes to guys to finish. Well, Mike and I think it was Chris it's Georgeson. Chris Georgeson, yeah. Yeah, so they have a ladder, and Chris Georgeson's up on the ladder by the rim, and our guys are driving and throwing it up to him so he can catch it and dunk it, knowing that that's where we're going to have to throw. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean wow. that, that's like, it, it's funny, but I mean, I mean, you saw yeah. a lot of the games, and anytime somebody would throw it down, it would be, no, you throw it up to him. Um, but but Jackson just kept getting better, and he got better last year at Texas, and he's getting better. I mean, I still see it when I watch the games. I'm like, I I, I ask myself all the time, did he? Did I just dream that he played for us two years ago? <laughs> Was that a dream? I just said this guy he played for us, and everybody believes that lie or something. But he actually did play for us, which blows my mind. I remember I remember in practices. <clears throat> He would do something like, oh, my gosh. And we'd look at each other like, never again will we see that. Enjoy yeah. it. And, uh, yeah, I would, I would, people would come to practice, and whether it was a, a coach from somewhere or a former player or whoever came into practice, and I'd tell them, I'm going to give you some friendly advice. Don't turn away. Don't write anything down. Don't look away. Don't talk to the person next to you because you're going to miss something that you've never seen before. And invariably, one or two times in practice, some of our former players that came, they couldn't believe it. I mean, they'd come up, you know, when we were having a water break, and they'd go, Coach, seriously? i go, well, just keep watching because you'll see something else. I mean, they flat couldn't believe it. Uh, we saw more stuff in practice than you guys saw in games. It was incredible. Carl, it was incredible. we could make a whole podcast about Jackson. I don't want to do that. But <laughs> yeah. I do want to get a quick maybe recruiting story about him when those coaches start coming in and your conversations and what you thought would happen. I mean, you know, it really, Mike, it happens so fast. Um, you know, relatively unknown that that year, his junior year, there were some people. In fact, one of our former players, Jason Gronkemeyer was in an early game, Cuff Cath, his junior year. And, and, and there were a lot of guys on the floor that day. Cuff Cath had a lot of guys and, uh, and we had some kids coming up and, but I remember Jason coming back and go, Oh my God, I, I am. I'm really interested in that Hayes kid, but it was kind of slow because he didn't play a ton that year. And then in the spring, Middle Tennessee offered, and from there, my phone blew up. I know Mike also, and uh, I guess my favorite part was I walked into Open Gym early in September and uh, of his senior year, and Calipari was there. He, he was there, and uh, you know he started talking to me about Jackson and talking to me about. Can Jackson be a dog? Because if he comes down to the UK, I'm going to put him in the pen with all the other dogs, and the best dog is going to survive. And I thought, oh, I, th- I think I think Jackson will be okay. But I actually believe Jackson made a tremendous choice in going down to Texas with Shaka. Shaka's really he had a connection with Jackson that I think really helped him develop. And uh, and Darren Horn here at NKU now, I think Darren and and Jackson had a great relationship, and and that was part of. Of his development. I want to go a different uh, direction here. His teammate, Jackson's teammate, Jeremiah Davenport, um, now at UC. Uh, just just talk about his journey a little bit. Obviously, 
may not have been a more dynamic scorer his senior season in the entire state uh, when it comes to a guy that could do so many things off the dribble. And you know, my, you know, it's funny. He was a late bloomer too. Like when he was in eighth grade, he wasn't a kid that everyone around the city was. He had two older brothers who would play for him or division one players, but he wasn't coming in as a freshman as this kid that everyone was talking about. Miles McBride, a little bit, everyone knew. But Jeremiah kind of came in. I'm not even sure he knew if he wanted to be a football player or a basketball player. But when it caught fire for him, his enthusiasm, I would tell you that there are a few kids I had more fun coaching because I just liked watching him walk into the gym. He would walk into the gym for practice like there's nowhere else in the world he'd rather be at that moment than in that gym. And I'm watching him now on UC's bench, and I see that same enthusiasm and energy about playing. So he special kid. I'll go kind of in the opposite direction here. And you talk about some of the standouts, but uh, just the camaraderie within this program, within the players, the coaches you mentioned, a collective effort. I've written about the the blue and the the gold teams during your tournament runs. I mean, maybe a guy like uh, like a Carlos Garcia, a Nate mm-hmm. Georgeton. Um, talk about some of those guys and and what Moeller basketball has done for maybe not only the starting five players, but players who. Um, you know, maybe quote unquote role players and, and have an opportunity beyond high school, whether that be as a student manager, whether that be as a college player. Um, how rewarding has that been year after year, Carl, just to, just to see those guys and, you know, stay connected with them throughout the years as well? Yeah, it's really important to me, Mike. I, I, I hope that, uh, that what we have in our program, and I, I don't want to get too philosophical, but our school is a Marinus High School, and the founder of the Marinus, Father Chaminade, from France back in the French Revolution, founded the Society of Mary. But one of his things was a community of equals, and uh, we've always embraced that. There's, there's no one in our program more important than anyone else, from a student coach to a guy who's primarily a scout team guy to, to a Jackson Hayes who ends up in the NBA. And... Uh, what we have found by having that emphasis on, on one of our core values, team attitude, I, I do think that process of building that team produces some special things. And we've been lucky that over the course of, of time, we just had guys who, who just really grow through the four-year process. And, and all of a sudden, senior year are doing amazing things. we got four seniors this year, Mike, that I think – so far have really exemplified what we want from our seniors. And, and uh, I think as long as we have that, we, we've got a chance to, to be special by March. Mike, you talk about the skill development and just you mentioned the dedication, the commitment from the families as well. And the kids are getting there early. But still, I mean, the skill development of a Jackson Hayes and Jeremiah Davenport is going to be much, much, and a Miles McBride, much, much different than the majority of the other players mm-hmm. as well. I mean, how do you, as Coach alluded to, how do you get that buy-in from a player who may be a quote-unquote scout team player that knows, okay, well, I'm I'm not going to probably be the leading scorer on this team. Obviously, they know that pretty early on. But how do you still get them to have that collective investment into the program? Uh, it's the culture that Carl developed uh, when he first got the head job here and our principals, and everybody buys into that. And that's kind of how it works. Uh, obviously, great kids, great families, committed staff. Um, but, but it's our culture. And everybody has to buy into the culture. And if you don't buy into it, you, you probably won't, won't, won't fit. 
in, in our program. Um, but just to back up, um, we don't win without Carlos Garcia, who's at Hanover, uh, Isaiah Payton, who's at Indiana Wesleyan, um, Kevin Markley, who's a, who's a, a manager at Ohio State this year, Jared Becker, who is a walk-on at University of Dayton this year, Michael Shipp, who's a walk-on at Indiana University. Um, you know, it goes on and on sure. and on. But that kind of just sums it up. Um, and, and you wrote how how important uh, goal team pride is. Right, right? of course. Um, it doesn't happen without committed guys that every day they're going to push the blue team guys to the end. But that goes against so much of what the culture oh, it, is because today. it's I mean, me, it really me, me. What's right. in it? Gra- right. What's immediate gratification? <laughs> you know, what, the, the, everything flies against the culture of today because that's why our culture exists and why it's a, you have to buy into it. Everybody, coaches, student coaches, players, families, you know, everybody has to buy into it. And that's what makes it so special. It's a total 100% commitment. I know the coach at University of Minnesota, right? The football coach, they're all rowing in, the, Fleck, right, yeah, right, exactly. rowing in the same direction. Well, it's kind of, it's our little, it's our boat rowing in the same direction with our four principles. I want to get into this year's team, but before I do that, Fred, I mean, just what have been some of the, maybe the lasting friendships or connections you've seen from the players and just in building that rapport, maybe early on freshmen is uh, freshman and sophomore seasons that you say, wow, by the time they're seniors, I can look back and say that it was really neat to see that. It, it's uh, it's interesting to see a kid start out as a freshman and we look at him and we're like, boy, I don't know if he's going to make it through this because he's got to buy in a little bit more. And then by the time he's a senior, it's like, who, who is this kid? He's unbelievable. And we've had quite a few like that. But adding to what Mike said about, uh, you know, I, I've coached a long time and I've never been able to force somebody to do something they really didn't want to do. And our kids want that come in want to be a part of this. And if, if they don't, they figure out real quick that maybe I need to go and do something else. So that's, that's a huge part of it. But the thing, uh, the thing that, uh, that I, one of the things I love the most is, is going into the, the player's room from our coach's room and all the guys, you know, laughing and having a good time. I mean, our, our locker room's a lot of fun. I mean, our, we laugh a lot. Um, and it, it is, I mean, kids get along, um, and, and that's, that's really the beauty and, and it's, our coaching staff is kind of a model of that because we've got, I mean, we got 14, I don't even know how many, we got five varsity guys, including Carl, but our freshman guys have four and our reserve guys have three. And you know what? We, everybody just does their job and we have a great time together. And, uh, you know, that's you know, there, there's, there's no egos. We're just in it, you know, trying to do our part. And for me, that's, you know, being part of a, be, being part of it and losing your, yourself in the team is something special that not many people in society understand. And I think when our kids start to lose themselves in the concept of the team, they get a lot more out of it than what they bargain for. Do you have specific rules about social media during the season or ways of going about handling recruiting attention? 
You know, not a lot of rules. In terms of social media, you know, we, we just tell our guys, the, the, the kids, that you know, I, I hope they're proud to be Mueller players and they can certainly put that, put themselves in a uniform in their profile picture or whatever. But other than that, they're, we don't want them talking basketball on social media. It's just, you know, if you're a warrior, if you're in the arena, you don't have time to be, your focus is being on the arena and, 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 and preparing and doing it. So we, we don't want to talk a lot about it. We don't want to, you know, it's, and, and our guys, by by and large, I mean, now uh, again, I wouldn't know how to know if they're on social media or not anyway, but, but, uh, but yeah, we, we try to limit that and just keep them focused on the process. I would be remiss if I didn't mention Danny Jerkwitz and what he's meant to your program and him not being here obviously we want to give him a shout out because yeah. I, I know he would love the attention right yeah yeah yeah, my, yeah 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 when i mentioned this to danny he was quick to tell me he had some conflict but, <laughs> when, but, they got, when yeah. he got moved yeah. three times yeah. the conflict yeah. right. Right. Moved. Right. but, but so. if all if all the uh air conditioning heating people and distribution uh centers can go down to Winslow control today <laughs> and uh see danny jerkowitz <laughs> that's his company how much is that right to do that, Ann? Mike? Yeah, you could do it. You could do anything. That, that's fine by, by me. Uh, how much of a mad scientist is he, though, when it comes to uh, defense? I'll let Fred answer that. He, he's got a pretty good perspective. And it's defense and offense. It's, it's both. Okay. It's, yeah. it's okay. definitely both. Um, you know, getting to know Danny over 15 years, the, the, thing, the thing about him is it's different than most people is most people can see things on the surface that are kind of maybe observable. And, and then there's degrees of how deep you can see, how you can see patterns and things. And I'm amazed at his ability to see patterns that I, I can't see, in, just in life in general, but, but in basketball in particular. Um, it, it, when, when, when we're getting ready for it, it really comes down in the tournament he gets really locked in and he'll watch tape and it's amazing when he comes and he says now here's what here's what I see and I'm like well I didn't I didn't I didn't see that I mean he's he's really really observant uh he's OCD to the max he never misses anything um and it's great I love being around him he's he's a riot too he's really funny but he's I've called him the mad scientist because he just he thinks of stuff so out of the box that you just think that's crazy, and then you're like, yeah, that's probably that might, that might work. That just might work. Uh, is there, he he's he's something else. Is there one particular game, Fred, that you remember that you say maybe late in the game, or it was like he was shouting something out, and you guys remembered it from film study that he pointed it out, and <laughs> you could say, wow, that, that well, was it. I, the one I, I remember the one of the Wilmington game plans that we had when uh I think when uh when when Jerry, both yeah. of them were okay. there. And uh Danny comes in and he goes, Guys, we want we want Jaron to catch it the ball. What 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 are you talking about? We don't want him to catch the ball. No, we, we want him to catch the ball. We just we want to fight him to the three point line. And then let him catch it out here, because if he catches it in here, we're done. And it was amazing how, when you watch that game, how it, it worked. It just was so subtle, and it worked. And it was a pattern that he picked up by watching a bunch of their games. And um, I, I was just 
you know, blown away. But that, that kind of stuff happens with him all the time on both sides of the ball. He's, he's, really, he's really bright. So how do you take all these pieces of info, Carl, and just <laughs> mesh it together? As a, almost as a head football coach would. You hear that a lot, that term, yeah. executive or CEO yeah. Yeah. of a team. Yeah. You know, no, there's no formula. You just, uh, I, I think, get people in positions where, where they're talented and trust them to make some decisions. Let them have some some rope. Don't you know? You have to trust in, in what they're doing. So all these guys and Fred too. I mean, Fred Fred does a ton. Mike does so much of our film study. Um, you, you just you trust people. I I want I want the kids on our team, Mike. And I think this is true. I think they look at every one of our coaches, including Ryan Gawley, who we haven't brought it up here. They, they they look at all of us as as head coaches, and and there's not like a, there's not a hierarchy again of of how it works. It's it's guys that you know. Hopefully, to some degree, we model what being a good team is, and that's accentuating the strengths of your teammates, right? So so that's kind of how we try to do it. Let's talk about this year's team okay. uh, coming off twenty nine and zero. Season. I know you don't want to hear all these stats, but I'm going to rattle them off anyways. 49 game winning streak. First Division One boys basketball team since Zanesville in '95 to go undefeated the entire season. First D1 team to win the back back state title since McKinley in '05 and '06. How weird is it not to have Miles McBride? You know, it is weird, and uh, and I miss him. <laughs> I really do. He, he made things so easy. He, he was the Willie Mays of of high school basketball. He just made it look easy, and and we're even finding out now. It's it, it you know we're we're gonna have to be you know our guys are gonna all have to step up and pitch in together. And don't leave out Alec Freeman. That of course he, he's a really two really really special guys and other guys on that mm-hmm. team, but those two really special. So it's gonna be tough. You know, Mike, you rattle off all those things. You know, I think a big challenge for us, and again, I hope, I, I believe we'll be able to do this, but there will be a lot of pressure on this team, a lot of expectations, and 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 we have to handle that. And the only way to handle it is, you know, just to lock into every day what you're doing and, and, and really try to just hold out all the noise and all that stuff. Because if you get caught thinking about that or get caught trying to think, oh, we want to get the win streak to this, it and really, it's not about a win streak. It's really our whole goal is to be the best we can be in March. And then we'll, we'll lay the chips on the line and see how far it takes us. So if we can get the guys to think in those terms, then then it'll be a great year. You have a lot of names. I'm not going to rattle them off, but let's just kind of go through um, what you see as your starting five. And, and again, I know that's a nebulous term when it comes to uh, you want everybody to be bought in and collective and all that stuff. But uh, you do have some... Obviously, significant standouts on this team that return. Um, so let's start with Logan Duncan. Uh, what do you see from him? How has he improved from a year ago? Mm-hmm. You just a guy, I tell you what, that's a kid you don't want to play against. He is a load. He is a load. He's gotten bigger, stronger. He's worked at his game really, really hard. I think Mike and him, he just really has advanced his game. Um, you know, he's. Uh, we've been blessed in our career to have a lot of great bigs. I think we've just been really blessed. He's right with the best to ever play at Moeller. He is. He, he's really got some talent. Uh, rattling off some other names here. Max Land, uh, obviously a senior shooting guard, son of uh, former UC forward Eugene Land. Been in the program for a while. Uh, what, do you, what do you see out of him? Anybody can jump in here. Max is uh, Max is a really explosive athlete. He is so strong, and and 
and quick off the off the ground. Uh, and he's really improved his skill. Yes, he's really really improved his skill. Uh, you could tell just in our first scrimmage uh, his ability to handle the ball better, which makes you be able to see better, and his ability to make shots. Um, and he's a really good defender. So Max has improved a ton this uh, this summer and this fall. Verbally committed to St. Francis? Yes. Is that right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Great, Al- great kid, too. Love him. Alex Williams was a player that I was very impressed with <laughs> during that state tournament run. Um, just uh, I haven't seen him, obviously, since you know, uh, early, uh, summer or late spring, whenever it was, but, uh, t- tell us a little bit about his development. Well, the big fella, as I like to call him, <laughs> um, Alex is just, you know, I, I, what I love about him is, is he's got a lot of, got a lot of confidence deep down. He's always going to be good in the big moments. And he was good in the big moments last year as a sophomore. Um, his game's gotten better. He's gotten more athletic. Uh, he's done a great job of, you know, he's such a naturally big kid, but he's done a great job of, of, of getting some of the bad weight off and more good weight on. He's more explosive this year. Uh, can flat shoot the ball. I, I, he's, you know, with him and Logan kind of as our bigs, it's, it, 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 it's as, as good as we've been in that position. And uh, so it'll be fun watching him. I think Alex's uh, skill level might be might be our best. Mm-hmm. Scoring at all three levels just really, really well. And uh, he's a load. What's he height and weight right now? He's about, he's close to 6'5", 6'4", 6'5". And I think he's down to about two, I think he's around 200, you know, so he's two, 200. Two, 210. I was going to say, he's two, two, up. 215. <laughs> 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 of two, course. Let's go yeah. 225. <laughs> yeah. He's got some Mac offers, or, or is that right? Some interest yes, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got, he's got several offers. Mike, yep. you probably know those better than I do, but he's... He's got four or five okay. in that, in that uh, sure. mid uh, one level, you guys, one level. You can rattle off some other names here, but Will McCracken, I know he's going to be a guy you're going to look to obviously I, as well i've been really happy with will so far he's he's that kid who uh who played last year as a sophomore for us and had great moments but like a lot of sophomores struggle with consistency i'm seeing that he is getting over that he is really having a good preseason and uh geez again a kid with a number of of nice offers he's he's athletic and another kid who comes to practice every day, he is, his motor runs. I mean, we don't have the, the sophistication of those GPS systems, but if we did, I'd put nah. him up again. I mean, he he really has a motor, so he's we're happy with Will. I know our good friend Corey Albertson would know all these guys like the back of his hand, but uh, Aiden Noyes is a player that uh, yeah. I wanted you to talk about a little bit too. Played JV last year, is that yeah, correct, guys? Yeah, yeah. Aiden is, uh, you know, he's six 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 seven, long. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Jackson Hayes in terms of being a late bloomer, uh, and he's just going to get better and better. He's not near physically done and growing and filling out, and he's just. Um, He's a leaper. He's got great skill. He can shoot the ball. He can drive the ball. Uh, and his confidence level is is growing. And again, it reminds me of Jackson because I think he got the basketball a little bit later. He's been a multi-sport athlete. Played baseball, started at shortstop a lot of games last year as a sophomore. But I, I think he, he has really risen up, and I, I think you'll see him have a great year. I think he reminds uh, us, I think, when we see him out there, Jackson, but also Andrew Brackman. Ooh, high uh, praise there, too. Yeah, I mean, back when he yeah. was sophomore, junior, sure. coming into it, and uh, 
He's got big upside. Uh, who are some other guys I, I didn't mention that you guys uh, well, put kid, on the radar there? Yeah, yeah, a kid that we're leaving out here, and he's probably the heart and soul guy of the team, is a senior, Michael Curran. Mm-hmm. Okay. Michael played a lot last year. Michael's dad played for us back in, in 1990, and then played at UD. Um, I, I just, he, he, he's a man of molar in every sense. He's one of our school captains. Um, he, he, at some point, and mark my word on this, for us to win a big game somewhere late, Michael Kern will take a charge that will turn a game around. He's that kid. Um, he already took two in our first scrimmage, right? Two in the first scrimmage. You know, he's he's all about the team. Um, he's just an amazing guy. I mean, I, I sincerely yeah, believe he's he's as important to our team as, as any anyone. He's not going to be a, a scholarship basketball player, but he will be an effective player on the floor for us. That's that Carlos oh, Garcia yeah, guy definitely. that you've talked to. Just, you, you'll enjoy watching him play. Um and uh, we got a couple other kids, uh, a junior, a- Aiden Turner. He's going to play a lot of point guard for us, and he's really developing. Got a young man named Zach George who uh, who really understands the game. He's a big kid. Now he's playing behind two of the best bigs in the state. But but Zach, we are very blessed to have him going to be able to come off the bench and help us. And I'm not leaving any Carson and Kalani's really yeah. in that. Yeah. You know, these guys are going against Logan like, Right. All day, every day. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're uh, very important. The, the other kid that, uh, again, he's, he's, he's going to have to sit the second half of the season, but Evan Mahaffey, who, who transferred over, and of course, uh, you Jamie's know, he, son. he's Jamie's yeah. son. He's been around basketball. You know, we're always flattered when a coach wants his kid to be in our program that, 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 that's flattering to us, and I would tell you, my goodness, is that kid mature? He is a mature kid who loves the game, and he's long. I mean, like super long, and and very skilled. He's gonna, he's gonna have a great career in, ahead of him. So you open up the season, if I'm not mistaken, what November. 29th against Lutheran East. Is that correct? Yes. In the Ohio Valley Hoops Classic yes. at Mason High School. Uh, that. That event, uh, Corey Albertson helps to operate that. That uh, moved this year to Mason, obviously much more central location for uh, Cincinnati area teams. So, uh, what do you think? Just a quick thought on your schedule, and, and maybe uh, you know, what do you expect here in the first month or so? You know, Mike, I like our schedule. We've got some, I mean, some tough games. We're going to play Lutheran East, who's got Division One players. Yeah. yeah, and you know, they're not going to be afraid. They're they're going to be aggressive. It's going to be a great opening game and then the next week we go up to Akron St. Vincent St. Mary and something tells me they're going to be waiting for us <laughs> of course uh, when we get up there I think there's going to be a great atmosphere in that gym and they are really really good we played them in the summer my goodness I mean they are really really good so um, you're happy to see them go to D2 it, no, you know, are you I, like that competition? I, I actually yeah. think they should be a D one team. There, yeah. they've got that kind of talent. And sure. I, I uh, now again, it's not it doesn't right. bother us, right. but but I do think they they should be in Division one. And and uh, Drew does such a good job, and we've enjoyed our opportunity to play him. It's just a good rivalry, and we tend to do this for a long time. Um, you know, so our schedule is good. We got Medina early in the year. We got a team coming in, Flagler, Florida, coming in to play at Moeller, and they're one of the top teams in Florida. I mean, we're we're going to go to Rock Hill, South Carolina for a tournament. I know that Bergen Catholic out of New Jersey is there, and they're very, very good. Um, you know, Centerville is going to be great. Uh, and, again, I think our league, I, I think – 
I think people, our league might have been a little down in terms of its youth last year. I think our league this year, I think Elder's definitely up, LaSalle's definitely up, and I think I think St. X. So, um, and that's good. I, I want to go through the ringer as much as we can, and 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 that will that will get us ready for March. What else do you uh, what else do you see around the city, guys? Just in terms of talent. I mean, without you know, outside the GCL South, that is. I think Lakota East. I mean, I Clint obviously. Uh, I think he runs a great program, and they got good players. I mean, he, the guys he's got back from last year, he's got three really, really good guys, and you know they're going to be well-coached and disciplined. And uh, So I think Lakota East could be really good. I think Princeton, though I don't know their team as well, I know Princeton's got a lot of talent. Um, I, I actually get the sense that where I think Southwest Ohio had gone down a little bit, I get the sense that the South. Southwest Ohio is coming up, and and there's gonna it's gonna be a battle to get out of here next year. Before I let you guys go, what do you do now until the start of the season? I mean, I know obviously you're able to practice and everything like that, but just maybe off the court, how do you gear up mentally? Uh, and obviously, you mean in your personal lives, just to put so much time and effort into the entire season? Because I'm always curious, year after year, you do this, and you, yeah. obviously, you, I would assume you would get in a routine of sorts, but do you do anything differently? I, I think this is the hardest time right now, Mike. In terms of, I think my wife would tell you that. I know I know. for me, you know, I'm at school at 7 in the morning. Uh, I'm not getting home till about 8 o'clock at night because I try to see all three levels a little bit. We just finished our cuts, and I'm involved in in, in all three levels there. So getting everything organized, getting all of it, uniforms out. Not, not that I have to do all that, a lot of help, but we're all involved in it. It's just a lot. Getting a season started is... Is, is really uh, a challenge. And, of course, we're having our long practices now because we're installing everything. So everything is, is is a challenge. I think once the games start, you get into a little bit of a rhythm. But but the month of November is is challenging. I, What's yeah. that like for you guys? Well, for me, it's since uh, technology has improved, you can, you can do a lot at home on tape and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but for me, it's just, it's like you get up, you do your thing and you come to school for practice and being with these guys for 15 years, it's just kind of like, you just know, you know what to do. We get, we get practice schedule. Of course we talk after practice, you know, every night about the next day, what we need. And Carl sets up practice schedule and boom, away you go. Talk to Danny. What do we need to do today? And, and, and we're off and running. Mike, I mean, there you hear about hills and valleys of a season. I mean, I would assume any team, no team is perfect, even a 29-0 and 0 team. Mm-hmm. Um, do you always anticipate those? Do they come as a surprise? Do they come maybe two weeks into the season, sometimes three months into the season? You hope not toward March. I mean, how do you kind of plan that out, maybe even from a, a coaching standpoint as well? Again, it goes back to our culture. Uh, one of the four principles is a rate, and it's to be the best you can be every day. And I think if you have, if you really buy into that, everyone, coaches, student coaches, players, if you buy into that, which we do, then those peaks and valleys, you kind of eliminate them. It's kind of like, it's an amazing kind of journey where, yeah, you have your ups and downs, but you don't have those peaks and valleys. You don't have an emotionally charged win, you know, or, or a loss because we just, you know, it's that game is the most important game. That practice is the most important practice. That drill is the most important drill, and we do that every day consistently. So it takes away the volatility. 
Um, it's hard to do, but 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 uh, that's all goes back to that culture a lot to, to take that away. I think I think probably the the the, the, the tough time is when we uh, the, the guys are on Christmas break. We go on our trip. We come back. And then that first day of school. Sure, of course. <laughs> we try to get the principal to try to have a snow day or something. We have a magic wand, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, they're still, at the end of the day, they're still oh, high yeah, school. Yeah. They're teenagers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you still yeah. have to realize oh, yeah. that aspect yeah. of it, too. Yep. So, Well, guys, I really appreciate it. Uh, Fred Hesse, Mike Susley, Carl Kramer, the Moeller basketball staff. Really appreciate your time and perspective here on the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. Best of luck to the Crusaders this season. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Thanks Mike. Thanks, Thanks, guys. And thank you for watching and listening to us today. We're going to be having a girls' basketball preview tomorrow with Ohio Girls Basketball Report uh, Director Bryce McKee. We're going to have him talk uh, some of the top area teams and players via Skype. And we're going to continue our high school football playoff discussion as well. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for watching. Talk to you tomorrow.